Hey, Dog Walk listeners, you can find every episode on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or YouTube. Prime members can listen ad-free on Amazon Music. For us, golf is simple. It's a chance to get out and have some fun with our friends. But inevitably, little things have a way of ruining it. The group ahead is taking forever. You can't find the fairway with a map. And the Bev cart is nowhere to be found. And the best way to make a bad day better is Fireball Whiskey. You get their nips, the little shooters. They are great. Makes bad day way, way, way better. Make sure to grab the new Fireball Birdie Shot Club. It's literally a golf club filled with Fireball Nip. Put it in your bag. It'll fit right in that side pocket. Drink Fireball Nips and have a great time on the golf course. All right, Bay Man, today's Thursday. It's March 4th. Welcome to the Dog Walk presented by Barstool Sports. If you didn't listen yesterday, you're going to want to pause this right now and go listen to that because it was part one with Chaps. Chief, you're still here. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was an awesome part one. Awesome part one. Even better part two. Yeah. I, awesome I mean, part two. I just, I love these podcasts where you can talk to an expert and you just learn so much. And like, who, I am going to go ahead and say no one's a, bit, a bigger expert on training dogs than chaps. Dude, it's just like such second nature to him. Yeah. You know, there's no like, oh, let me recall that. He just knows. Off the top of yeah, his head. Yeah, exactly. Yep. It's really it's really awesome. But uh, before we jump into it, though. Yo, next round is about to start. You ready? Yeah, yeah. Just shopping for a car in Carvana. For real? Yeah, Carvana makes it super convenient to shop whenever, wherever. For real? That's a ton of car options. Yep, and these are all within my price range. For really real? You can afford that? Yeah, with Carvana. And boom, just like that, I'm getting it delivered in a couple days. For really, really real? You just bought a car. For real, and you just lost my turn. Visit Carvana.com to shop for thousands of vehicles under $20,000. All right, let's hop into part two. Whoosh. And so what you talked about the, the Springsteen concert. And you, what's the main thing you're doing with these dogs at this point? So you're, you're like, what's when they're trained, what are you doing? Um, well, there's there's three different types of dogs. So you have a patrol dog, which is trained to attack. You have a drug detector dog which is trained to find drugs and you have a bomb detector dog, which is trained to buy bombs. Those are the main missions of garrison units forward deployed. It's primarily just bombs and aggression. Like you don't give a or tracking too, but that's not as common bombs and aggression. Whenever you're deployed drugs, bombs and aggression, whenever you're here. So anytime the president of the United States or any cabinet level official or higher goes essentially anywhere there's secret service members that are attached especially the president and the vice president anytime the president goes anywhere overseas goes anywhere domestically nine times out of ten i would say even more than that 99 times out of 100 dog teams have gone in that area to make sure that there's no explosives that are that are anywhere in the area once the dog team clears it and says that everything's good it's cleared hot then secret Secret Service members are stationed at different places around to make sure that nobody comes in after that effect so the president can come in safely. Hmm. What about what about the uh, like the scent for a missing person, chaps? I've always been kind of fascinated by that because I don't, I'm, I'm obviously of an interest in true crime and whatnot. But I'm always, if they're looking for someone's scent, wouldn't their scent already be there? Do you know much about that? I'm always confused on how it's such like a, a big part of the investigation. I do. I was actually the chief of the combat tracking school too, like here on Lackland. So dog scent tracking can happen in a multitude of ways as well. 
So, for instance, I don't know if you guys have watched one of the trending shows that's on Netflix where they were, it's the Hotel Cecil, where they talk about the, the woman who was either abducted or she had an accident and ended up in a water tank. I made the comment when I was watching it because they had search dogs that go through, like, these dogs are fucking terrible. If they didn't pick up on this woman's scent and she was in water, those dogs should have been just tossed off the the building. Like they, there's, they are worthless or adopted out or something. Like these dogs adopted were terrible. Out, adopted out. Adopted out. Yeah. yeah. So, so, I'll I'll break down water scent for you in this way. When's the last time? Are you guys bath takers? Do you ever take a bath? It's been a while. I, have, I mean, no. Eddie? Nah, not really hot tub pool like you just chilling in like a sh- super shallow pool or anything yeah yeah or or i guess it's so same same effect in the shower if you fart in the shower or you fart in the tub there's something about it that makes it appear that it smells worse right like i think that that's a pretty 50, natural thing 50x worse that's because when the scent molecules are so wet and so condensed whenever they break out it's more it's more condensed. Like okay. it's almost like a sweet and condensed milk, essentially, that's coming up. If that body was in that water for several days, it would essentially be like that person underwater farting for days at a time and everybody chilling in the bathroom acting like nothing happened when she's really just ripping SPDs all day long. Wow. Like that, they should have been able to find that in an instant. People always assume, like you see all these different TV shows um, where you'll have somebody break out of jail, Shawshank Redemption. Whenever he leaves Shawshank Redemption and goes through the water and then he goes over and they act like the the dog handler's there at the bloodhound. They get to a creek and they're like, oh, we got to a creek. There's nothing we can do. Bullshit. Like the scent stays there on the top of the water as well. It stays the best time to do it is early in the morning because there's dew on the ground. When there's dew on the ground, any type of water on the ground, scent stays there more easily. So you teach them to track through that. That I never would have guessed. That. I always yeah. just believed what I saw in the movies. Like, oh, mm-hmm. <laughs> just wash, wash it off, and you're good to go. That's yeah, it doesn't. If it's running water, if the water is like moving pretty fast, it doesn't stay as long. But I've seen dogs. I've trained dogs and trained with handlers. Some of the one of the handlers that I worked with, his name was Jacob Robinson. Jacob Robinson, tra- he found somebody in Iraq, and it was proven that it was him, like fingerprint identification. The guy had been out of the building for five days. He started in the building, the last known position where he was a, a, in a sniper position, shooting at Marines. They took him to the building where the last known side of him was. They tracked him. Like Jacob's dog tracked for like four and a half miles through the desert found him match fingerprints from the window to him four and a half miles away days later what kind of dog was that that did that that? was a black lab that was a black lab okay so then that would be another question i have is like how much of it is like nature versus nurture when you're training for like this specialization of these different jobs like can you train a a black lab to do um you know the bomb sniffing or the aggression or is it like we have this type of dog for this and we have that type of dog for that yeah you have dogs that are better at certain things like there's a reason why they use bloodhounds a lot to to track people because their natural instinct almost across the board is to put their nose to the ground um in order to find things you rarely see a bloodhound walking around with his head high 
rarely. They're almost always, even if they're just out for a walk, they're just smelling flowers, smelling the ground, just looking. They see primarily with their eyes. And I don't think that people understand how great a dog's nose is. And this is the way that I used to explain it to the young handlers. If we go to a bar together and I, we go outside, if somebody's around the corner of that bar smoking a cigarette, you smell it, right? Like you smell it. These dogs could identify not just what type of cigarette it was, the blend that was used, the fiber that's inside, they smell everything. When you walk into Pizza Hut, you smell pizza. The dog smells the flour, the oil, every single ingredient involved in it. They see almost in colors, and that's the way that I explain how we train um, bomb dogs. Like So when you're training bomb dogs, right, so you have nine, we train nine different types of explosives because whenever you train those nine different types of explosives, Almost every explosive material on the planet is derived from those specific components. If you could smell C4, and this is the way I explain it in colors, so that you use C4 and time fuse, for example. And then there's combination of time fuse and deck cord, which is like petting, like you could use that. So if you can tra- if I trained you to find yellow and I trained you to find red, You are also going to be able to find orange and every shade in between yellow and orange. And you're going to be able to find red and every shade in between red and orange. So then you can train the the entire spectrum. Wow. That's fascinating. That is fascinating. That's crazy. It's, It's amazing. Like how smart these dogs are. And then how do you, I guess like, how do you tap into that? Are there like, so when you say that you train for nine different things, is there like a specific like, oh, we're, we're going to teach them on red. And like, how do you know like that's what that dog, like how do you how do you get that ingrained in their brain so it just stays with them forever? As opposed yep. to just that's being a, like. That's a good question. And that's at the initial stages as well. So you have um, scent boxes and you can look it up. It's called scent box training. And that's the way that you essentially try to do any type of training. Anything that you want a dog to find, you can use this method and it'll work. How I train Carl to find my remote control car that was doing this method. So you make sure there's, there's usually like a wall and you'll start off with a wall that has a little hole in the middle. As soon as the dog walks up to that hole and you can see that it's actively sniffing that hole over the top of his head in between ears, you drop a Kong or you drop a toy, whatever you're going to use as their reward. Eventually they associate the toy with the smell Every time they smell that, a toy comes. And so then they start, because it's all play drive at this point, that you want them to want to play with you, essentially. So they are thinking that they're just playing hide-and-go-seek. That's all the detection work is, is hide-and-go-seek. They have Hmm. no idea what they're looking for. If you told a dog and he could understand, hey, dude, you're putting your nose on the ground, there's a fucking ID that can blow you to pieces. They'd be like, I'm I'm all set. No thanks. (laughs) But they think that a Kong is going to appear. A toy is going to appear. For instance, my dog Saika, one of my one of my awards is based on a big vehicle that I found. It was like a dump truck that had 855 gallons worth of explosives in it that was shape charged on all sides that was more explosive than the Oklahoma City bombing. Oh. I had to go out by myself with just me, a master sergeant, and a captain because nobody else was allowed to come. The rest of the platoon was in Overwatch. I walked down, Saika goes up to the truck. I had to verify that 
it, there was explosive in this truck. It was the truck that we were looking for. And once we verified that, they could drop 500-pound bomb on it. They ended up having to drop three 500-pound bombs on it. <laughs> but so we go there. You would think, me, my butthole was as tight as diamonds, dude. I was as scared as I had ever been in my life. And I walk up there. Saika is pulling, pulling, pulling. He is wanting to get to that because to him, he smells that explosive. And he thinks, good God, there is going to be a blimp that drops a million tennis balls. <laughs> <laughs> I'm about to have the best time of my life. I'm sprinting with Saika the other direction to get the fuck away from this truck. And Saika is trying to go back. He's like, no, that's where it is, Dad. That's where it is. It's right over there. So you, you, they have no idea what they're looking for. Mm -hmm. You have to make it exciting for them or they won't do it. So I guess that would be – I had a question, like, are these working dogs? Are they, do they know they're working or are they having fun? Would be like – because I'm thinking of – It's all play. Okay. So I'm thinking of, like, you're in line at TSA, and they usually have those uh, German short hair pointers that are so cute, and, you, mm -hmm. and they just have the sign. And I'm like, don't pet them. And I'm like, man, that dog looks like he wants to be pet. But you're saying no. Like, he's, in, he's having the time of his life going around sniffing. No, if you, if you watch him, next time you go to the airport, watch these dogs. Usually nine times out of ten – these dogs that are doing that kind of stuff, they fucking love it, man. Okay. Like they, they're looking for stuff and their tails are going all over the place. They're just happy as hell just to be out there with dad. Like that's all they want to do. Mm -hmm. So then I, I know about this specifically with this truck where you're afraid, but was there a lot of commotion going on or is it just like you're approaching this thing and it's pretty still? Because I oh, guess yeah, like, like the, the, the two guys had like overwatch of me and I had to go forward about 200 meters without like really any other protection just as – like if you're if you're gonna lose somebody, you only lose one instead of a group. Okay. So you have to go up to it and verify before they can drop this type of artillery on something. Or mm -hmm. it wasn't from artillery, but it was from a plane. But yeah. they before you could do that, you have to verify what's going on. So okay. There was just a bunch of suspicion in this truck, or like what's was it like? Did yeah. They know so you, you get there, or what? Right. So there's a lot of intelligence that takes place. Um, a lot. I'm not sure if a lot of people are aware of this, but explosives have heat signatures so when you have a drone that is going overhead which happens all the time you have an aerial communication with somebody who's operating the drone they can see what we call in like the dog world i don't know if this is the actual term for like the people in drone world that do this but we just call it a hot spot so they'll identify if you're walking down a main access point They'll identify places that might be suspicious via drone, and they have a hot spot. It'll it'll come up like on infrared camera. It'll be just a little bit lighter than the rest of the road around. Hmm. So it's like a, a almost like, an, like an you know infrared? if you're playing right, it's yeah. infrared okay. essentially, and so you could see that heat signature. Well, the intelligence at the time was that these vehicles that looked like this dump truck that had these that had these bombs in the back had chlorine. And them, they're essentially saying that they were going to be chemical weapons because if you blow up chlorine, it'll fuck up everybody's lungs like in the area. And, and so we had to make sure, absolutely sure, before we dropped explosives on this, that we gave loud instructions through an interpreter to everybody in the city to move out and move away from this vehicle so we could blow it up and that everybody that was there the civilians the women the children were a safe distance away before this blew up so they didn't have any of the chemical effects 
So how do you, tr- I guess my question would be like, if you're teaching aggression or something like that, and you're going into like a hot area where there's like, I don't know, gunfire or, or whatever, how do you treat, how do you train the dog just to not be afraid? I'm thinking of, of George, I get thunder or fireworks and he's like, starts shaking and shivering because he's just afraid of like the loud bangs. Like, how do you, is that just something that's unique to my dog? Or I feel like a lot of dogs have that. Like, how do you train for that? Yeah, it's a, that's a really good question. It's almost like opposition reflex. And so the training method there, it applies in so many different areas of dog training. It's called successive approximation. And successive approximation is essentially just training by baby steps. So what we do in order to get dogs used to gunfire, we'll start about 100 yards away with a training pistol that's essentially like a bottle cap gun that's pretty loud. It's like a 22 caliber shell that goes off and it explodes or it pops, it shoots. And so somebody will be a hundred yards away and they'll shoot that blank off into the air. And while that's going on, you're calming your dog. You're reassuring it. You're like, it's good. You're good. You're good. And you wait until the last time when somebody, when they shoot and the dog doesn't have much of a reaction at all anymore, which they shouldn't. And you're calming it. Then you move up to 90 feet and then you move up to 80 feet. Then you move up to 70 feet. And eventually you grab the gun. You'll shoot one, put it down. Good boy. You'll shoot two, put it down, good boy. And you just build steps. And then eventually you'll bring in another shooter where you can have a team that's going through. And then you do a team going through a house. Everything is based on building blocks. And that process where you're, it takes how long? Are you doing uh, that in a day like, or weeks or what? Some dogs, really, some dogs don't give a fuck right away. Like some of the really alpha dogs, they're not going to be scared of shit ever. Like, and they, it doesn't bother them at all. And they'll see the shooter out there and they almost have like a natural instinct of, I'm going to go take that dude out because he's making my ears hurt. <laughs> so <laughs> they kind of want to do it. Um, but some dogs, it can take a long time. And actually, that's that'd be one of the most common failouts from the programs for marine units is that these dogs this dog becomes aggressive during gunfire to the handler because they just can't take it like even if it's the handler they've been for a while you start ripping a full magazine of rounds and the dog is just like i can't do this i can't Hmm. that's interesting so then do you um do you ever have the option of like let's say that you're leaving active duty or you're retiring do you ever get the option to take the dog with you like we're gonna go live in live in Austin, Texas or San Antonio, Texas, and just live out our days like as normal suburbanites? Yep, um, you do. And that's thanks to some legislation that was signed about one of my friends, Dustin Lee. He was killed while I was in Iraq. I'm sorry. And we got Dustin's family, his dog, Rex. And now it's pretty common to be able to adopt a dog out. So as long as the dog's not super aggressive, my other buddy Chris got his family got his dog. <sighs> sorry, I'm oh, sorry, man. chaps. Sorry. I didn't know that story. I didn't. I'm... No, it's okay. Just give me a second. Guys. Yeah, I'm sorry. Yeah, you're good, man. So yeah, you you can adopt a lot of the dogs now. I didn't get Psyka after he stayed. He still had to work, and that's the kind of shitty thing is that the military views these dogs as equipment. Um, and that's one of the common questions that we get as well is that do they actually get awards? Because you'll hear that, no, they don't. They're a piece of equipment. It'd be like giving an award to a gun to the military. They just don't do it. Um, so these dogs get to go. Some of them have to stay. Psycho was only two. I would have loved two and a half, three, whenever we got back. I would have loved to take him. Where, But he went and did two more tours to Iraq and one to Afghanistan. So he still like is 
Well, he's passed away now, but he was still working from Japan. They're attached to the base, not the handler. Okay. Oh, okay. That's that's interesting too, right? Yeah. I mean, because it's because yeah, it's such a and that's the difference between military and police. Police, you're assigned to the handler. Like anywhere that cop goes, your that dog goes home with you. It does everything. Where in the military, because so many of the guys are juniors, guys and women, so many of them are junior troops. A lot of them live in the barracks. <laughs> and with the way dumb junior Marines are, giving them a military working dog in the barracks could possibly be the dumbest thing in the history of the United States. <laughs> like somebody is going to get ate the fuck up if you do that. No, yeah. Well, you said that too. Like they. The, the, you don't keep them with you. You said that the, you had your dog. Was it, was it Psycho that had the, the tail injury in the last episode? Or was it? Yep. Okay. So they like- stay in the kennels all the time. So, mm-hmm. and it, it does help some because as soon as they're like chilling in there, and then as soon as you come in for the day, like you come in for the morning and you're the handler and you walk in, you could see it's almost like if you've ever, if you have like nieces or nephews or kids and you go pick them up from daycare, pick them up from somewhere and you haven't, they haven't seen you all day. Like it's almost like a two year old forgets that your the mom and dad exist, like that you've been gone for their entire life and and then you're back for the first time. That's how the dogs act every single morning. You're like, Holy shit, you came back again. Let's go get nuts. <laughs> that's that's, that's what so it's like every every morning you get that feeling of picking them up from like the kennel. Like if I go on like a little weekend trip, I get to, that's like my favorite part of coming home is picking up George. Mm-hmm. You get that every day. Yeah, and that's the funniest part about because you have these you have this reputation, you know, like of what you see about Marines because you see it on TV, like just the title of Marine, like it elicits respect of like a toughness and things like that. You have a video camera uh, inside a Marine kennel in the morning. I guarantee it would go viral because everybody uses what's called the praise voice, which is the highest pitched voice that you could make. <laughs> like, for example, mine for a second. <laughs> and you just have a bunch of Marines that are in really good shape. You're making that noise. And like all the dogs are going bananas and they're like, let's go. Let's go do this. Let's go find some toys. Does a video like that exist anywhere or no? I don't know. I wish I'd have thought it was then. I would have had a lot more followers than I got out of the Marine Corps. <laughs> I don't, it's not too late. Head over, head over to Lackland. Yeah. yeah. Oh, man. That's great. Well, yeah, this is great, chaps. Uh, Chief, anything else here? I think that's that's all I got. I mean, this anything is, we didn't get to, chaps, that the people would find particularly interesting, maybe? Say again? Anything that we didn't get to that, you know, something people might find particularly interesting? Uh, no, I would say don't don't focus so much on like what people always worried about their dogs doing things that are, are bad or that I'm going to mess them up. If I do something, most of it is just kind of common sense. If you're introducing your dog to a family and that's the biggest concern because chief really, what's the worst thing that's going to happen at your house. If you don't have kids might shit on the rug or something like that might tear up some blinds. People are very, very nervous of introducing an older dog to a family if you treat it the same way that you do your kids and you discipline it and you do the different things, you're going to be fine. As long as you care and you discipline, you're going to be good. And I am a huge proponent of getting dogs from shelters. So if people are thinking about it, get a dog from a shelter. Perfect. Well, chaps, thanks, man. This was great. Yeah. Thanks guys. Thanks for having me. That was awesome. Thanks chaps. Yeah. All right. That's it for today. Everybody will be back tomorrow. We'll see you then.